0: Well, there's no shortage of amazing people. Is uh, been my experience, particularly going to the Love Turing Festival. Uh, and I'm, uh, yeah, Rich. I'm sure you can attest to this as well. Like, there's there's a real depth of incredible talent amongst those tutors.
1: I, I really feel this this vision of um, we're moving away from Plan B tutoring. And we're moving towards an idea that plan a tutoring is like richard said flexible but also fulfilling um, and that we can find our own ways to leverage what tutoring can allow us to do
2: we need better definition of what a professional tutor is and even more importantly you're right Luda, it's actually what a career tutor is so i think one of the weaknesses of the industry is this misunderstanding of what tutoring really is, it's, it's so much more than just after-school help.
1: I feel as a parent and as a school leader that the lack of transparency that we have when choosing a tutor is one of the key weaknesses. And as a primary tutor, I can tell you that one of the most difficult things to do is quantify your success and not getting feedback and not being able to quantify your success is one of the loneliest things as a tutor. Um, And it's one of the things that makes you feel terribly uncomfortable because you're in that role of the freelancer. um, And yet it is difficult to prove value because learning is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Um, And if you don't have an exam point to, to move towards, it can be really, really difficult to prove your value.
2: So the biggest opportunity in the industry now, for me, is quantifying success. How do we actually set out objective criteria to show that tutors are better?
1: Blimey, this is rocket powered, eh?
3: Hey? Hello and welcome to the Qualified Tutor Podcast. The podcast that brings you the latest in the world of tutoring, edtech and education and, hopefully, inspires in you the big change that each and every one of us is capable of. Qualified Tutor is an industry-leading tutor training organisation and online tutoring community for thousands of tutors around the world. This podcast is the voice of this community, where we aim to hear from tutors, teachers, entrepreneurs, coaches, business experts, students, tutorpreneurs. And more from the world of tutoring about what inspires them every day, how they can help tutors like you, and what they've learnt about tutoring along the way. The question is, what will you learn today? So... Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of the Qualified Shooter podcast. Listeners to this podcast um, won't be able to see the huge smile beaming over my face or the smiles of my three guests uh, here with me today. Um, but this is this is a fairly, uh, this is a pretty momentous um, time uh, at Qualified Tutor. The hundredth episode of a podcast is is no mean feat. Uh, and during some recent uh, podcast with industry research, I found out that out of the roughly two million podcasts out there, and across uh, the well over forty eight million episodes. of podcasts have fewer than 10 episodes, and only 17% have 50 episodes or more. I couldn't even find stats for how many podcasts have over 100 episodes. I'm sure they're out there, but I couldn't find them. But you can imagine that the percentage will be much lower than than 17%. So we're proud of ourselves for reaching here. Um, We're we're very glad that those of you who've been with us since the first episode are hopefully still here. Um, But me saying that is not to give us a nice big um, pat on the back. It's to say that there is clearly an appetite amongst those in the tutoring and, and education industry to get talking uh, and to discuss the key issues uh, in this space. For a podcast about tutoring, which has previously been a niche Hush hush uh, sidelined part of education to reach 100 episodes and almost 8,000 downloads shows this industry has never been so important. Um, and with Alex Asher here, um, we have another host of a hugely popular um, tutoring podcast. So There's lots to share here. Um, And what better way to celebrate this milestone than by gathering together three of the leaders in tutoring today, raising the bar and bringing about the change that's needed. So here with me today, we have founder of The Profs, uh, Richard Evans. We have the CEO of LearnCube, Alex Asher. And of course, we have founder and CEO of Qualified Tutor, Julia Silva. So, Over the next 40 minutes or so, we are going to be drawing on the expertise and insights of our three panellists to analyse the state of play in tutoring today, from the strengths and weaknesses of the industry to the opportunities and threats facing the sector. And by the end of the conversation, all of us, me, the panellists, you listeners, will hopefully leave feeling a lot more confident about the future of tutoring and how to tackle any problems that may arise Uh, and as ever hopefully a whole load of pioneering ideas to take forward you can thank us later now dear guests you're all familiar faces in this recording studio as it were so welcome back to the podcast um and thank you very very much for joining us what exciting news do we have this week there Richard, is a... something exciting is happening at the Profs this week, is it not?
2: As always, something exciting happening at the Profs. Uh, yeah, we've just completed a very similar big strategic review, our own SWOT analysis of ourselves and the industry. And uh, we are investing massively, actually, in Tutors, um, building a, a serious team of, of going out to help uh, find uh, better on board, potentially train and share our knowledge with tutors. So we're really, really excited um, to be trying to ramp up. we have actually got an ambitious goal to three uh, x the number of tutors from one thousand to three thousand actively working with us, and that's going to take quite a quite an investment. But I'm looking forward to making a few more professional friends.
3: Well, the new website looks uh, looks wonderful. Um, oh, thank so- you head over to profs.co.uk if you want to see how a rebranding is done. Alex, how are you doing?
0: I'm going bloody well, actually. Um, so uh, actually, one thing that is, is new for us is we're really investing also in our community. Uh, so one of the areas that I've often talked about and one of the areas that we're looking at really helping with particularly with independent tutors is on marketing. And it might be something we talk about later, um, but I'll get more students Uh, started as a podcast, moved into a workshop and and webinar once a month, and now we're building an actual community, largely inspired by you guys at Qualified (laughs) Tutor, by the way, Uh, even using similar technology because we think that um, we feel that we can have a a much bigger impact and and help people not just from the virtual classroom, online school technology, but also when they're trying to get more customers and get more students, again, it seems to be a a major hurdle for a lot of people there. Uh, end up using our technology and we really want to help with that so we've got a community under get more students i think it's dot org now so yeah
3: bro awesome uh, i'm sure we'll be getting into that and, and you can tell the appetite for learning about marketing from how well attended um the kind of marketing events at the love tutoring festival including principally yours alex um was so yeah. um yeah julia oh, i'm
1: so glad you asked ludo um we have a new delivery model don't we, that we're really excited about rolling out. And it is an on-demand, self-paced delivery model for our um, CPD accredited and level three training um, so that people can get started, um, get qualified tutor membership, um, share badges and credentials with potential clients um, and really sort of learn at their own pace Um, We've learned a lot about online learning in the last two years um, and combining that sort of high touch facilitated learning that we are so appreciated for with something that is quicker, easier to access um, and uh, great to be part of. Somebody recently told me that qualified tutor training feels like a warm hug. Um, And so finding more ways to get people to enjoy that support is what we're all about at the moment.
3: Well, I think those three responses have set the stool out for this conversation pretty, um, pretty well, because those are three different angles, um, three incredibly important angles. Um, and with that, I think we're going to dive straight into the first question. Well, actually, maybe the fourth question now, but the first question uh, on the agenda, which is strength? So I'm going to open this up to, to Alex, you first. Um, what do you see are some of the key current strengths uh, of the tutoring industry?
0: Uh, Well, there's no shortage of amazing people is uh, been my experience, particularly going to the Love Tutoring Festival. uh, And I'm uh, yeah, rich. I'm sure you can attest this as well. Like there's there's a real depth of incredible talent amongst those tutors. It sounds like a lot of teachers are also looking at tutoring as a as a profession, which is, again, something really exciting. So from that perspective, I see that as a, a huge strength is the people. Um, if we're looking at the UK, I mean, even just the people in this little virtual room that we've got going here, uh, we're all working on making Turing better um, and more efficient, more effective and having a bigger, more positive impact on the world. So I think that also is a, a good sign of a, of some strengths. Uh, also acknowledging Rich also has some some work with the technologies that he uses and certainly LearnCube does and the technology. I think there's some real strength in you know, the technologies that tutors are now able to access and leverage uh, so I think those are, you know where I would start and I'll, I'll pass over to my uh, my uh, the colleagues here to, to maybe back some of those and find your own
2: Richard uh yeah absolutely um, I hadn't even thought of that because it's so well integrated isn't it but tech uh, we are at the forefront of of tech right when the whole world went to zoom and I, I i laughed at all the social media messages we've been using zoom for um however many years zoom had been going i think it was five or six years before then um and i look at how unfortunately the schools uh struggled that schools have always been 10 20 years behind on tech and, and that unfortunately really caught up with them sadly to the uh, detriment of, of millions of students but the tutoring industry moved online Overnight, and I think the continued innovation and thought leadership and edtech of tutoring is amazing. And tutors are so willing to try out new tech and stay ahead of that. I ran an interesting piece of research years ago saying that because classrooms haven't really changed since the Victorian age, students go from their home where they've got an iPad and iPhone and a nice TV, um, and then they go into this. Victorian blackboard system and schools are so physically out of date that they, immediately switch off and that's actually a huge hurdle to many people's learning so I agree innovation and tech um, absolutely amazing and more than that it's a great growing sector um, you know I have partners who uh, used to work in the publishing uh, sector and, and magazine sector and it's a very sad when an industry is, is kind of struggling and maybe in its twilight it really feels like tutoring is continuing to go from strength to strength and I think that's why there's so much innovation excitement and people focusing on it right now, and lastly, I think flexibility and well-paid work have been absolutely fantastic um, for us. I think we are the good side of the gig economy, and that's been something that is drawing more and more of those fantastic people. And most importantly, of course, the quality of the tutors we do have and the positivity and the want to help students. It's just nice to, at the end of the day, know that you are helping students and have that feel-good factor and education, I think, along with healthcare, probably the two strongest industries for that.
3: Yeah. There are there are smart and interested and interesting people in the tutoring industry, and and just as you say, Richard, uh, drawing on Alex's points, it's it's easy to forget that because you work with them, you speak with them every week, every day, every month. But uh, that's a that's a really key point, Julia.
1: I'm bubbling over with enthusiasm um, from what Richard and Alex have said, and and to to reiterate and go deeper, um, <clears throat> and actually inspired by your first ideas, Richard and Alex, about community and about um, bringing in more tutors at the moment, I really feel that there's, there's a deep focus on what tutors need and really um, developing the people who are supporting the students. And I think that that's so, so healthy. Um, it's another thing that schools struggle to do because there's so much top-down um, uh, pressure. Um, and the fact that we, as a profession, are nurturing our people is, I think, a really, really healthy and sustainable approach. Um, there are two um, phrases that I've become known for in our community. One is tutors need tutors, and the other is colleagues, not competitors. And I really think that we're digging into both of those things. Um, and when I see people reflecting that back to me, I think it's terribly exciting. You know, I'm I'm deeply involved in, in writing my book at the moment, and I, I really feel this, this vision of... Um, we're moving away from plan B tutoring and we're moving towards an idea that plan A tutoring is like Richard said flexible but also fulfilling um, and that we can find our own ways to leverage what tutoring can allow us to do Um, and that's really exciting.
3: Richard can you talk a little bit I know you've talked about this before um, uh, on this podcast but also I'm sure in in lots of other conversations but I think this will tie in really nicely here about the idea of of tutoring as as a
2: career yeah absolutely um i like to <laughs> put in my tutor hat on i like to see weaknesses as opportunities to learn so they're sort of <laughs> the same but to move a bit down our, our spot analysis um i totally agree with where uh, alex and julia are coming from in terms of Uh, the need for professionalisation and community. And I totally agree, Alex, that the tutors are a strength. We have fantastic tutors. But where I would disagree is the quantity of tutors. Yes, in Love Tutoring Festival, I was happy to see hundreds of engaged and active tutors But I think that's quite a large fraction of the engaged industry. And we need thousands, if not tens of thousands. We know that National Tutoring Program has made claims of of kind of shortages of tutors in the UK. I I disagree with some of those claims and selection criteria, but more tutors is a better thing. Um, We need better definition of what a professional tutor is. And even more importantly, you're right, Ludo, it's actually what a career tutor is. So I think one of the weaknesses of the industry is... This misunderstanding of what tutoring really is, it's it's so much more than just after school help. It is part coach, part cheerleader, part mentor, part sort of older brother or sister, part sort of counselor um although obviously we should never take on uh, serious mental health issues and those should always be passed on but there is an element of making people feel better about themselves um and that is what the investment in education one-to-one really is all about is looking at your long-term career trajectory and helping students to find one that is best suited to them and hopefully on a higher trajectory but i do think that there is a shortage of quality tutors In the UK, I think that we're all working really hard on trying to attract more people in the industry. And I think we're making great waves there. But I would like to see this accelerated further because, whilst I have a thousand fantastic tutors, that's less than 10% of those we've interviewed. um, And we have had to. Uh, kiss a few frogs to get there um, and there are a lot of people i've seen who call themselves tutors of 10 20 years who certainly are not professional and who i do not think meet the standards of education that we'd like to see so that is something that we want to see less of those people and more good people and i welcome that guardian article saying 25 percent of tutors actually are or 25 percent of teachers are actually tutors um it's really great to see that we are one and the same and i'd like to see more teachers doing tutoring and of course more tutors moving into support teaching as
3: well. So, Alex, how, how do we how do we go about this? How do we how do we find more and better
0: tutors? Uh, I sort of want to uh, segue on Richard's point on the professionalism, and again, Julia, this is something you're totally passionate about. But I hadn't really thought about it, but it really raised a, a big discrepancy. Right? We know, like, we work with some of the larger touring um, companies in the UK too. We know that there are thousands of people on, on their books. Um and Richard, you've kind of mentioned you know there are thousands on yours but um there aren't always thousands of people that are turning up to these professional development sort of events why not that that that's a huge discrepancy in terms of the numbers that we're seeing there compared to the numbers of tutors that are turning up and it does maybe indicate that there's a bit of a you know it's a it's a nice side gig and I get to make some money and and then I sort of move on and I think maybe that um, it creates a two-tier system. And I guess if we're gonna start talking about weaknesses or threats as well, once you do get into substandard tutoring, uh, or yeah, I'll tutor for a bit of money, then you can start seeing some eroding of trust and some eroding of value as well. So I think those are some areas that I'd like to touch on. But the professionalism is I think one way because it, I actually remember, um, my sister is a great example for some reason, unbeknownst to me, seriously, we, we, I come from a, my grandparents were both teachers. My grandpa was a professor of German. My grandma was a teacher in French. But my my sister didn't actually feel she wasn't sure if she could do teaching as a as a plan B. Now it's it's not the same, uh, but it's similar. And the fact that she didn't feel that maybe that was considered success, and I was like, how can you not think that's success? That's totally success and now she's a teacher she's totally loving it and and I wonder if there's a perception in the same way of tutoring if if tutoring isn't seen as something professional or something that people should be really proud of then maybe that kind of puts off the the right kinds of people from getting into the top of the funnel as well so I wonder if that's something to to think about.
3: Julian and and Richard what do you what what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well um To, to think about the weaknesses and to, to loop back into what Alex is saying about um, professionalism and recognising our own professionalism, and feeling recognised for our professionalism. There's a lot to address in terms of myths and misconceptions. What tutoring is, how tutoring is seen um, by parents, by schools, um, by teachers, even by students. Um, and by tutors themselves, whether or not tutoring is um, respected and regarded effectively enough. And um, there's a lot to unpack there, which which I'm happy to do another time, but to pull on one specific thread. I, I feel as a parent and as a school leader, that the lack of transparency that we have when choosing a tutor is one of the key weaknesses so it's difficult for a tutor to assert their professionalism, to assert their expertise. It's difficult for a parent to know who to choose because you're always choosing a proxy, what university they went to, which um which agency they're aligned with. Um, and that's not the same as finding out whether or not they're going to do a good job for your students. Even whether or not they're a qualified teacher is still a proxy. So giving um giving us all a, The weakness is understanding that there is a mismatch here between what tutoring really can do and what we are able to prove and see right now. So some of our colleagues, including you, Richard, have a building a language around what quality is in tutoring, what efficacy is around tutoring. Um, And you know that we are a little bit obsessed at qualified tutor about that. But really, it's all coming from this understanding that to enable people... To choose a tutor and to choose a tutor with confidence, there's some work to be done. Um, and, and that's what we're leaning into.
2: I totally agree. And I think that that's my um, actually opportunity, my quick notes on this was. Proving quality. So how's that for a segue? (laughs) We're
3: moving rapidly between.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know me. If nothing else, I talk too quickly. Um, I we need to be able to prove quality better. A few of you have heard this before, but I like to keep saying it. You know, I I have been tutoring for ten years, and when I joined the industry as a tutor, it took me all of a week to realise that um, the problems were the travel, uh, eating lunch every day online, trying to optimise my timetable. Well, online tutoring has absolutely smash that out the park and shout out to you know my brother and bit paper uh, my brother sorry and bit paper and bramble and all the great whiteboards and, and online technologies that have have uh, uh have helped us to do that so on, online was really ticked off um i found it's very hard to get daytime hours if profs was set up to uh, focus on university tutoring to allow for data miles so someone like myself could work from the hours of nine to six rather than the hours of six till nine which really was difficult on having any sort of social life um, so that that, as we worked on with internationalization um, I only a very small amount of my students even live in the UK these days or based in it so that's helped number three which I'm now trying to work on uh, it's good to have some career goals and, and, and it's amazing to look back at how quickly some of these things have moved as a whole industry And I'm not the only person dealing with these problems there's hundreds of us working hard on this but number three is proving quality how do i actually prove that i'm a better tutor yes i went to a good university well done me pat on the back that doesn't mean i'm a good educator and i agree a lot of things on cvs are very poor proxies at the pros, we actually actively don't provide cvs we're quite rare as a tutoring uh, agency we don't give cvs because we think they give the wrong information it's all about our quantitative and qualitative measures of quality so the biggest opportunity in the industry now for me is quantifying success how do we actually set out objective criteria to show that tutors are better and for me it's got to be results tracking it's got to be are you getting the results yes you can also track quality um, and confidence improvements yes it's really important I think to have an agency or an external uh, badge such a qualified tutor or being an official TTA tutor these are important too but at the end of the day are you getting results and are you getting five star reviews uh, plus plus from your uh, parents and I think the whole industry and those of us at Qualified tutor and at TTA, and those of us who are turning up to events, we need to be leading the vanguard because the best way to accelerate that is if all of us push our not just qualifications, but actually our uh, certifications and more importantly, our reviews and our results. Then that's going to make it over five ten years very difficult for new tutors to come do a part time job and not have the evidence to say. I'm actually really good at what I do. So I think the biggest opportunity for us as an industry is to focus on proving that we are actually, absolutely worth the money.
1: Ludo, do you know that Richard and I have a... Sorry, Alex, I'll, I'll pause in a second. I
2: was just about to say something as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Richard and I are having this, um, this fun game on LinkedIn that whenever anybody posts a cool testimonial, um, we we tag each other because because people love it. It amplifies their reach, and the feel-good factor is, is palpable. It really, really is. Go ahead, Alex.
0: I thought there was something there, and again, because we're in this opportunity section, I thought there's definitely a place for technology to come in there. Like, so we run LearnCube as a virtual classroom, and I think for our more sophisticated users, they first of all, we have our own feedback that happens at the end of every class, but I'm wondering if there's a future opportunity where that can be quantified, right? Like, can we not? I mean, Richard, Richard, you might be doing this yourself already. Like, a number of reviews is at least a metric that helps understand that somebody is straight off the shelf last week or they've been doing this for 10 years. Like, when I've met um, some tutors, and have got 4,000 hours of online tutoring experience, like, I want to know that. And I don't feel that that is shown or verified in a very good way. And I feel that maybe, you know, again, Richard and I are are part of hopefully part of the solution eventually from a technology perspective, can we create some confident measures where people can go, hey, look, you know, these classes actually happened. These ratings were actually verified at the time that they were created. So they're not like they can't be kind of scammed. You know, there's a there's a timestamp attached to every review or piece of feedback after a session like that's going to give uh, if I was a parent that would give me a lot more just like Airbnb that would give me a lot more confidence that somebody is a professional tutor that knows what they're doing and they get results compared to hey their profile looks nice and they did a good video Um, I mean that and they went to the right uh, university and again we're using these proxies which actually seem to be very little to do about tutoring and all about just some quite frankly, maybe some lazy signal.
1: You know, we've, um, we've done a lot of work on Rachel Botsman's work about trust. Um, and she points out that we used to trust authorities and now we trust each other. And I wonder whether the opportunities are really about how we signal trust um, and these testimonials um, and these number of tutoring hours that you guys are able to collect and verify um and our you know development in digital credentials those are the opportunities where we're leveraging tech, leveraging technology to create this um uh, what's it called the, the phrases escape me this sort of peer approval social proof is the phrase isn't it um and if we can if we can really nail social proof, then that's us approving. Each other, um, and who has more of a vested interest than we do?
3: Lots of head
2: nodding, lots of head nodding <laughs> going on.
1: Richard, unmuted himself. Sorry.
2: I. Um... Yeah, I, I agree. I, I definitely more um, we're seeing more of this. The whole world's moving towards more reviews, and I I, I think that's a good thing. Um, it certainly can be gamed, and I totally appreciate, uh, Alex. We've got to be looking at how to not game this. I mean, just this morning we got we got two five star reviews. We're really happy, but it's the whole team. This is this is part of the whole brand. It goes onto our Slack. Everyone in the company sees it. Everyone has a nice um, kind of a feeling, and, and we, we come back and we share that, and hopefully now we're on social media to help uh, this campaign Julia and I are on of getting tutors to share their positivity because it will, it will with thousands of us sharing these reviews, it will help people to better understand what tutoring is about. But I also want to move beyond the social proofing and, and certifications, which are very important, and we are indeed got to make sure that those are good objective measures, into that quantifiable. And that for me is the future that we aren't really doing. Um, it, it is being seen in the one bit of tutoring I am seeing it in, uh is when there's a binary outcome i'm not sure probably maybe 11 plus agencies and, and school selection maybe but in, in my end of the industry the higher end university applications it is actually standard so it is uh, we have a 97 percent success rate of first or second choice i think it's 85 percent rate of first choice we're really happy with that and actually our competitors all share lesser statistics uh, shameless bug there um than us but it's really important that you people understand you're trying to get an outcome so i think that's where this idea has come from a now trying to disseminate that into the wider tutoring market because uh, maybe one of those weaknesses is when I was in, I started out in the young years tutoring, and I saw there some things I was quite uncomfortable with in terms of quality control. So I've started with some West London um, raw agencies, and everyone was from Oxford and it was very, very good and charming. And you'd go and talk to the, the father or the mother, and they were from Oxford and Cambridge, and very, 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 very charming, and you're all charming, but um, was there any ability for the the younger child to know whether you were actually any good apart from being a bit posh sounding? And I was uncomfortable that I suspected that there are a lot of people, part-timers, basically selling their qualifications without any experience. And, you know, I do think, I'm trying to clean up the industry a bit, I do think there's much less that now and we're moving away from that totally. We are doing a lot more widening participation as an industry, which is good. But... When you moved into the university sector, the average age of my my students is 22. I don't know what I'm talking about. I will be chucked out and get a refund within the first 10 minutes. So that really opened my eyes. And my problem is when you're teaching uh, younger students, and certainly pre-GCSE, most kids are conditioned to not question the teacher in that way. So they don't really have a voice. So that's where I think we need to be tracking the outcomes of are you actually getting the results that back up what people are saying about you. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to try and push the industry into backing it up. A top tutor should have a string of amazing successes. They might not be results in terms of just qualifications. Some of my best students got you know, a C or a B, but from where they were coming from and the other challenges they had in their life, that was life-changing and more impressive than getting someone from, a, from an A to an A star. I'm not saying it's just about grades, but I do want to be able to quantify I'm actually the best.
1: So so interesting, Richard, in terms of what to quantify, because we had a conversation on Clubhouse in the summer about KPIs um, and what your performance indicators are as a tutor. And if we were speaking with Judy Bryce, who's a, a specialist in supporting dyscalculia and maths anxiety, and the conversation around KPIs stressed her out until we said, well, going from I hate maths to I don't mind maths with Judy is a huge thing going from I can tolerate 10 minutes talking about maths to I can survive an hour-long session is a huge thing it's it's only about our having the 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 professional language to say these are our goals we will plan a route and we will measure whether or not we've been successful based on the goals and and yes binary outcomes make it much much easier Um, and as a primary tutor I can tell you that One of the most difficult things to do is quantify your success and not getting feedback and not being able to quantify your success is one of the loneliest things as a tutor. Um, And it's one of the things that makes you feel terribly uncomfortable because you're in that role of the freelancer. um, And yet it is difficult to prove value because learning is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Um, And if you don't have an exam point to to move towards, It can be really, really difficult to prove your value. Um, So yes, please. But since we're in the threat section, let's remember that we don't want to turn tutoring into a top-down profession. We really, really want to stay um, um, in control of our own language of professionalism. We don't want the same pressures that have squeezed teachers out out of teaching. happen to tutors and and cause the same because then we're back into that issue about not having the supply that we really need to help the students who need the support can you do more
3: alex can i turn to you for um my chance to formally ask about the threats julia um not, not just what are the threats because that's that's not a a nice conversation just to have and also not a good one to end on but what are the threats and how do you see our way around them?
0: I do see a threat in terms of uh, I mean how could you not bring up inequality in a kind of question like that like tutoring has at least for until recently been only seen as something that uh, wealthier people have access to I mean there are obviously some some education and some change throughout but I think most perception is at least from where I've sort of come from is that it wasn't for everybody and there was a pretty big price tag attached and also that price tag was really associated with I think even what you said Richard like the travel costs like if if it's not taking you an hour to do a session and in fact taking you three hours an hour to get there and back possibly more in terms of just the general kind of conversation that you might have with parents and so forth yeah, you might need a price to kind of justify that. I think maybe the opportunity again, online tutoring was offering a more efficient uh, option, but I think price, if it gets too crazy, is going to kill the industry, and I think also create a real sense of uh, you know haves and have-nots, which is not something that we want to perpetuate in the education system. So I think that's a that's a clear one for me. That's a threat to the industry if um, in terms of that perception. I think um, if tutoring gets expensive but also lacks the professionalism with them, I think that is a major threat to the industry because it erodes value. People spend crazy amounts of money, get no results. They tell everybody else how few results they got with uh, X amount of thousands of pounds spent. Like, that's a bad result. So anything that creates a bad taste in somebody's mouth with tutoring, I think is a threat to the industry and it erodes the virtuous cycle that it could have. Um, I think tutoring really becoming very large group teaching without real individualization, I think is a major threat. We see that in the language area where we have a particular specialty. Um, I think fortunately online is kind of forcing the, the limits on those group sizes otherwise it really does start getting back to people turn up, it's bums on seats and the business model is all about bums on seats rather than actually getting people to an individual goal. And also this is a profession. Like you cannot expect somebody just to turn up and deliver a great group. Let's call it tutoring session. It's not going to happen without some real kind of like experience real confidence with the technology if you are doing it in an uh, an online environment, it's not just turning up and then going clockwise around a room and spending exactly five minutes with each student. I think there has to be some sophistication there and and I think it would be right for people to expect uh, a higher standard uh, of tutor if they're going to be doing group classes. Absolutely. Richard, can I turn to you next?
2: Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I just want to jump in on um uh on all those points. Uh to pick out uh three I think that's very well said. Um I love and just want to emphasize when one of us does badly in the industry, it hurts all of us. And particularly with tutoring, there are a lot of people in the press who don't understand tutoring and like to take kind of pot shots at it and, and, and elements of it. Uh I think that's so important that we all hold that reputation and you're right when someone does something a bit uncomfortable i think it is so important to be having these discussions to help inform explain and hold each other to account and and in, in the spirit of that i'd like to continue the conversation uh with you alex on the pricing because i i agree but also i have a different point of view and maybe a solution a synthesis to this so Yes, prices of tutoring, I think, was a lot higher and a lot more prohibitive maybe 10 years ago. I think a lot of uh, social-focused companies have come in and deliberately uh, pushed the price down. When tutoring went online, I was one of many proponents to say, do not decrease your prices as tutors, which we did as an industry and effectively gave us all a pay rise. And I think that's really important because what I'm seeing is something that's very common in America, But tutoring is going down to like $10, $15 an hour. It's going down approaching minimum wage. And I don't want my profession to be a minimum wage. I don't think tutoring is the same as as being a delivery driver. No insult to delivery drivers. um, But I don't want to see it exclusively done by people um, who are expecting Sort of minimum wage or close to. And I don't think that's good for the, the students, and the families that we serve. So we obviously are very proud and and, and talk uh un British as it is about being some of the highest payers uh in the industry. And I think it's really important that we are attracting professors, PhDs, academics, ex-bankers, ex-lawyers, some some really, really competent people, not any of those people, uh, but separately some really competent people into the industry. And We need a balance. So what I'm coming through actually from this being, I think the third or fourth QT event, my realization is I think we need that spread. I like the idea of um, newer tutors, I have my reservations of student tutors, but I do appreciate that I was a student tutor once. Um, coming in and starting on the lower end, going through their qualifications, coming to the events, being inspired. But I think it's important for them to have a profession. They do need to see that there are tutors earning £100 now. We do have tutors earning over £100,000 in our network and they're self-employed, so they're probably earning more elsewhere as well. I think that's important to keep and retain the top quality. So my question back to you, Alex, is... Um, how do we keep quality if we are uh, also trying to keep prices down for equity?
0: I really like the way that you distinguished a professional tutor and let's call them a starting tutor. Just like every profession on the globe, you have different prices depending on what you're going to get. Like the same reason that people choose private healthcare uh, rather than public healthcare. I don't think there's anything wrong necessarily about charging a lot. I think there's a problem though, where the entire industry has a price point which is really unattainable to to most. And also, if group classes are used as a way of giving a perception that people are getting the same, oh, you know, you're not getting, you know, uh, Richard as your your best tutor or Julia as your best tutor. At again, I'm making things up. 100 pounds an hour. Um, but uh, there's an option that is still high quality at a, at a, at a level that you can afford. And I mean, again, there's some some good opportunities with the government subsidising some of that. But equally, can I... If, if the average uh, pay for a tutor is, let's say, £40 an hour, £50 an hour, do I think that's achievable for most families? I would think absolutely not, considering all of the other kind of cost pressures on them. And then if you have... I mean, talk about China and in terms of regulating tutoring out of the Chinese equation, like that was an example where it's getting totally out of hand. The value maybe was questionable. Like it was maybe there in terms of status, but it was very questionable in terms of whether people were getting really good education outcomes. Again, do I agree or disagree with the regulations? It's irrelevant. But the 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 main thing there was that. Here was an industry that was going berserk. There was so much social pressure to get tutoring that it was taking funds like, with no real results for parents that I think deserve to be able to use that money in in other areas. So I think that's where I'm coming from. But Richard, I really like this idea of paying professional tutors what they're worth. Totally agree with that point
2: awesome thank you i totally agree we need to make it i i I don't like the idea that people can't access tutoring because we know it's great so it's such an interesting balance and i I welcome the the conversations across the industry yeah julia
1: blimey this is rocket powered hey okay um so so i'll contribute this in terms of in terms of threats ludo that um if you'd asked me a year ago i'd have said that i felt that the threat to tutoring was complacence Um, I feel that we were hidden behind a paywall. Um, That phrase shadow schooling was too close to home. Um, And I think that the NTP has shone a light um, on tutoring, whether we like it or not. It has shifted things. It has brought the private and the public sphere very, very close together. Um, And I think that the threat now is some sort of top-down regulation that reduces our efficacy because it asks us to be less responsive, um, less nuanced. Um, You know, when Alex and Richard are talking about newer tutors and professional tutors, the language that we use at Qualified Tutor is expert and novice. Um, And that journey from novice to expert is a progression route. And we as an industry have to develop our own uh, progression routes. Um, And if um, we have, uh, you know, DFE or... Um, uh, government intervention that squashes that prof- progression route. It will um, lose its scope to become an international profession. It will start getting regulated to the point of just being tu- teaching outside the classroom. Um, and really, we in this room are excited about tutoring as the future of education. So we don't want it to be stifled by what people already know how to do. So I would say that the threat continues to peak complacency because really what we have to do is stay awake, stay aware, keep talking to each other, and create this new profession together. Um, It's been around forever, but the changes are happening right now. And that's exciting, and it's threatening. Um, And we all have to stay awake and on the same page because we're riding the same wave.
3: Thank you, Julia. I think that was a really good way of summarising those threats and summarising kind of some of the thinking around that. Um, and it, it always feels like that when you when you gather people together and, and you discuss these issues, that's that's just a discussion. And it's hard not to feel that you know once this recording's finished and this podcast is over, well we'll just go back to doing what we're doing. But the truth is that by saying it out loud, a bit like how Richard talks about. St- talking about the price the high price that you may earn as, uh, as a tutor talking about it implements it and integrates integrates it into people's minds including ourselves you know the way that we work each day is um is infused with the way that we think with the vision that we have and i think by talking about it on a public forum like this we're allowing people to reflect on that um and even if t- today tomorrow the next day nothing changes in their lives by hearing it a number of times or, you know, or even by hearing it from multiple sources, um, that, that is, that is a chance for them to, 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 to act in a way that they feel appropriate. And hopefully that way they act is a, is a good and positive and kind of, um, you know, forward thinking way. Um, and to wrap up here, because I think it's, it, I think we should, because otherwise this could, I don't know where this would go if it kept going, but I want to give you each one sentence, um, more, around this final question around this this, this magic wand that uh, we always talk about, and I wish maybe we could just invent one instead of just talking about if, but if Alex, you had a magic wand and could wave it over the education landscape in one sentence, w- what would you see tying together what we 've talked about here, what would you see?
0: I would see a magic wand that can yeah. Make education individualized and students to really explore and find their own path.
2: Excellent, amazing. Richard? I would see the national tutoring program include a much higher percentage of professional full time tutors, absolutely smashing out the park so that the uh, government, schools, and families themselves were seeing the very, very best that tutoring. Has to offer to help it become a permanent part of the uh, ecosystem of formal education.
3: Julia, tough act to follow, (laughs) those two.
1: And I would look at um, an education system that was more intentional about what learning was delivered individually and what learning was delivered in groups, so that group learning was really collaborative um, and team-focused and um, anything that was a functional skill that you needed a student to crack and master, you gave them a tutor for. So a full timetable that combines tutoring and classroom learning intentionally.
3: And pause for a moment for that to sink in. Um, You will find, listener and also the three of you here, hopefully listening back to parts or all of this conversation, because, um, some of the things that were said here are too big to take at face value and to just be assumed into your brain and then to, to move on with. So l- drag the cursor back, listen to the parts of this conversation. If you're listening to this on any podcast app, uh, it should have uh, the chapters of, 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 what we've discussed here. Um, so that you can see where we talked about strengths or, or particular you know, parts of this conversation. Um, if you would like to find out more uh, about what alex asher does uh, at what LearnCube is about, head to learncube.com um, or uh, to the Get More Students podcast. If you just type in Get More Students podcast onto Google. Uh, it'll come up with all of those wonderful episodes that Alex uh, and his co-host Herbert uh, discussed. If you would like to find out more about Richard, um, he is, there's a, he's having a renaissance on LinkedIn. So you can either find him on LinkedIn or you can head to theprofs.co.uk. And of course, if you'd like to find out more about Qualified Tutor, uh, that can be done at qualifiedtutor.org. So that is where to head next. Um, Probably take uh, a few moments to sit down uh, and have a little think after you've listened to this podcast because there's a lot in there and it was just over 45 minutes long or a cup of tea. Um, So (laughs) wonderful.
0: I'm also going to jump in there to thank and congratulate uh, Ludo and Julia on their 100th episode. You've got through it. Um, What an amazing contribution to the tutoring sector. And uh, you should both be feeling very proud. And I hope you listeners continue to listen and, and maybe you'll listen to the 200th episode uh, sometime in the future. Good on you guys.
2: Well done, guys. A huge I've achievement. i have completely
3: forgotten that this was the 100th episode. <laughs> There's so much that's come after I talked about the 100th episode and all those stupid podcast stats. Anyway, thank you, Alex. Uh, thank you very much to the three of you. Uh, and we'll see you all hopefully for the 101st episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Qualified Tutor Podcast. Whether you're a regular listener of this podcast or you've just stumbled across it, join the Qualified Tutor Podcast group within the Qualified Tutor community to stay up to date with our latest news, offers, workshops, and of course, simply to meet other tutors like you. Whatever your level as a tutor, our training courses will be the next step in your professional development. Visit qualifiedtutor.org training to find out more about our CPD accredited and Ofqual recognised courses, the first of their kind in the tutoring industry. Your student deserves the best tutor possible. Make that happen today by joining Qualified Tutor